There are several exits on this aircraft in the event of an emergency. At this time, please fasten your seatbelts as we are preparing for takeoff. And welcome aboard. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of It's Just a Todd podcast. I'm your host, Mauricio, and this is Just a Todd, your Spanglish political, queer, and shady podcast, where we talk a little tea, we talk a little true, and you know, I always leave time to talk some shit. Today's episode is being brought to you by Neapolitan Ice Cream. Yes, bitch, Neapolitan ice cream. If you don't know Neapolitan ice cream, you need to try it. It was the cheapest ice cream growing up. You know, I always wanted the chocolate ice cream, and my older brother always wanted the vanilla ice cream, and, you know, the strawberry always comes at the end, so my mama would always buy the big bucket, like, the the especial one, la grandota, and we would just have some Neapolitan ice cream, bitch, and now that I'm an adult, that's my favorite thing to get at In-N-Out. I'm like, uh, can I get a Neapolitan uh, milkshake? If y'all did not know, Neapolitan milkshake slaps, okay? So the next time you go to, um... In and out, you get yourself a Neapolitan milkshake in mi nombre, okay? So if you're ready, I'm ready. So let's get this party started because uh, this is a good week. So let's get it going, y'all. Alright, welcome back, and we're going to start this podcast the way that we start any other podcast, trying to figure out, how was your week? Entonces, this week, you know, a lot of things happened since our last um, episode with uh, Huale, or Juan Alejandro, if you don't follow him, at Travel with Huale. Um, And one of the big things that happened last week, it's been a week since uh, Kobe Bryant passed away. Uh, So basketball uh, superstar Kobe Bryant passed away alongside his daughter Gigi. Uh, Alongside with them were uh, Gigi's uh, basketball teammate Alyssa Altavelli, her mother Carrie, her father John, uh, who was a baseball coach, also killed in a crash, was Christina Masur, a school basketball assistant coach Peyton Chester another teammate of Gianna or Gigi and Peyton's mother Sarah as well as a helicopter helicopter pilot um whose name is Ara Sovayan, were also killed. This happened in Calabasas, in California, uh last Sunday and so uh, yo like you know those things where you're like, oh, where were you when this happened? I feel like we're always going to remember, like, where were we when Kobe died? It it was a big deal. It's like if Michael Jackson were to die. I mean, not Michael Jackson, because Michael Jackson didn't die. <laughs> it's like if Michael Jordan, there you go, uh, were to die. Because we all know the greatness of as an, of an athlete that... Um, let me rephrase that. We all know how great Michael Jordan is as a basketball player because, you know, he tried to go play other sports and he wasn't that great at that. So let's not say athlete. Let's just say basketball player. And, but my point is that we're all going to remember where we were. I, I was waiting for 
my friend Avel at brunch. Um, in this really white neighborhood, by the way. Uh, we went to brunch uh, and in San Jose, and he was like, oh, it's by my school, and he works for a Latino population. So I was like, oh, it's going to be like a cute Latino brunch. Like, I'm going to get me some chilaquiles. Because it was, it was so many white people. And I'm over here like in a, my hoodie and a Yankee cap and like my Air Force Ones. I'm like, they're going to think that like I'm lost or something. But, you know, that brunch bang and it also broke my bank. But anyways, I was sitting down waiting for Avel. And I, I was, like, on, uh, whenever I'm, like, sitting waiting for something, I'll, like, be looking at, like, news or, like, uh, Twitter. And I, I was on the news and it said, like, uh, Kobe Bryant died, uh, found dead or something like that. And it was, like, posted four minutes ago. And I was, like, wait, what? Like, this just happened. And then everything, everybody just started posting I have never been a huge basketball fan, but I feel like I, I grew up with Kobe Bryant. Like, I grew up with Kobe Bryant and with Shaq missing free throws. That's what I grew up with. Um, Not that I would make free throws, but I always remember, like, Kobe's a great one. Shaq's really great, except if he's throwing a free throw. Then, bitch, we lost the game. Uh, pero, like, I grew up, like, shooting, like, those little, like, bolitas de papel to the... To the trash can and saying Kobe when you throw it and you know like it, it was just a part of my childhood because like I'm from LA like born and raised and so this, it was really hard it was really hard to see all my friends from LA like really take it too hard um and and how impacting it was um to the community, uh, not just the African-American Black community, but also the Latino community and the Latino of the, the community of LA in general and how impacted that was. I will say that I definitely respected Kobe Bryant more as a, uh, after his career. Like, I feel like when he was a basketball player, era bien creído. And I hate people que es bien creída. Like, no me cae para nada la gente creída. Entonces, he would always be like, oh, I'm the best. I'm the best. And even though he was, like, bitch, don't rub it in people's faces. Like, we know you the best. Pero... Cuando terminó, like, his career, like, and, you know, he got really intense about being a father and, like, all the things he was doing. Like, that's when I really found respect for Brian. Um, so, que, que pan, pan descanse. I always say que pan descanse. Um, and somebody corrected me and was like, uh, you're basically saying barefoot bread. And I was like, oh, is that what you say? And I recently realized it's, En paz descanse. I always thought it was en pan descalzo. I'm a dumbass. Pero that's who I am. Uh, moving to some um, other sport news, but great news. I mean, it was my sport, but like, who won? Who was playing? So the Super Bowl happened uh, this weekend. And literally the only thing, everybody was wearing their 49ers shirts. It was the 49ers against the Chiefs, which we got issues with that. But we're going to talk about that later when we talk some shit. Um, and the halftime show was Shakira and Jennifer Lopez. All I have to say is we'll go more into this, but I was left speechless. Speechless. 
I, I would say it's one of my top five like Super Bowl performances of all time. I think it would be like Prince, Michael Jackson, Beyonce, Shakira. And number five is J-Lo, because I'm separating their Super Bowl performances. Um, and I definitely think Shakira's number four. <laughs> but that's just me, because I'm a Shakira stan, huge Shakira stan. Uh, I will say that I loved a lot the Latinidad that Shakira brought to the stage. Uh, she was not afraid to sing in Spanish. She was not afraid to show her culture, whether that was her Colombian culture, her Latinidad, or her Lebanese culture, because she is Colombian Lebanese. If y'all did not know, that's why her full name is Shakira Elizabeth Mebarak Ripoll. Yeah, bitch. I'm a stan. <laughs> Entonces, I adored um, just everything that Shakira brought. When she brought the um, the, the traditionally Afro-Latino dance from Colombia and she did it on stage, that was beautiful. I will say that J-Lo also kicked ass. Like, you know, she put that core strength and that uh, hustler's training to good use in that poll. I will say that um, that I, and I'm not saying this to, like, talk shit or anything. Like, I felt that after, sh in between her coming down of the Empire State Building and getting on the pole, I felt like the energy dropped a little and then it picked back up. But in, in with Shakira, I felt like the energy just stayed consistently going up and she was giving us more and more and more and more. Y más, y más. I felt like if she was the Mesa, I would be aplaudiendo. I'd be like, Mesa, Mesa, Mesa que más aplauda. Mesa que más aplauda. Like that was Shakira. Shakira was the Mesa que más aplauda. I'm just going to put that there. I will say that at the beginning, I was really confused about the statement that they tried to make. I, I did understand it children in cages. I totally understood that. I did not understand why singing Born in the USA, as none of the children in cages are born in the USA. This is why they're in cages. I I, I need I still need somebody to explain that shit to me. Yo no entendí. Eso no lo entendí. Um, I, and then I didn't understand the American flag attached to the Puerto Rican flag. At first. Now I understand that like it was her way of saying like Puerto Ricans are American too. Like we matter. Like pay attention to us. Like we're going through a lot of shit. Like hurricanes and earthquakes. Y toda la chingadera que está pasando. Like, like we are part of y'all. But it just came off as like, hi, I'm Jennifer Lopez and I'm a stater. And I think... I think Puerto Rico should be a state, uh, which I'm still not sure what I believe in, and I don't feel I have the liberty of believing in any, whether Puerto Rico should be its own entity or whether it should be a state, because I am not Puerto Rican, and so I'm going to leave that to Puerto Rican people. So if you're Puerto Rican, let me know. Um, overall, I was shook by the halftime show. So happy. Um, little Mauricio, little eight-year-old Mauri was dancing his ass off, like, enjoying life to the fullest, surrounded by my beautiful gay family here in the Bay Area, you know, 
It was beautiful. I had a michelada on, my pizza on, my Doritos con tapatio, my Shakira bomber jacket, and we were ready for this concert. Um, <laughs> talking about culture, something that happened recently is uh, Chinese New Year. Uh, but actually, I was corrected, and I was told that you were not, you should not call it Chinese New Year. We should call it Lunar New Year because more people than than in China celebrate Lunar New Year, and I believe this is the year of the rat, um, and so I don't know what that means. I'm going to do some more research. Maybe that'll be a question of the week next week. Uh, since the last episode, also the RuPaul's Drag Race cast of season 12 was um, announced, and all I got to say is that my hometown Chola, Rock M. Sankura, is on the season. And that's all that matter. Like, when I heard Hometown Chola Rock'em Sankura was on the season, I was like, we done here. Um, if you did not know, Rock'em Sankura is a San Francisco queen. She is like a pop, um, what's that? K-pop queen. Uh, she's really hilarious. She's one of my favorite people that I have worked with. Um, she is just a ball of life, and I'm super excited to see her in the season. There was other 12 other contestants that were also announced. I'm not gonna name them all, but you know that we will be talking about all the contestants once the season starts on February 28th. It's a Friday, February 28th at 8 p.m. on VH1. We'll see you there. And since we're on it, we'll go ahead and see you at the question of the week. And I'm going to get some help from Voto Latino to help me answer the question of the week. We'll see you there. All right, welcome back to our next segment of our podcast, The Question of the Week. That was a long pause. I feel like I needed to breathe. And you know, sometimes when you like breathe, it's a te bailaire. And you're like, no, 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 te vayas, no te vayas. I'm, I still need you. I'm not dead yet. I felt like that. That's why I felt like I took a long pause. I was like, <sighs> so our question of the week is, it is February now. And so with February, February, yo no sé qué dije. With February... <laughs> comes our um our democratic process the caucuses and the very first primaries and the very first caucus was in iowa uh on february 3rd i'm actually recording this at the end of the uh, february caucus so by the time this comes out uh we will know a result but as of now there is no result for the iowa caucus uh so we'll talk about that later in today in the country um and then the next one is the new hampshire one uh and and i I realized today that uh, not a lot of people know what the fuck a caucus is. I know this because my boss, um, who is a very smart woman, uh, was like, um, so what's a caucus? And I was like, girl, she don't know? I was like, okay, smart woman, don't know. That means many other smart people like yourselves might not know. And um, I, I could have I could have just told you myself, but instead, I found a really great video posted by Voto Latino, 
uh, explaining what a caucus is. And in the video, just heads up, they use tacos as a replacement for the candidates. So if the, you hear them talking about tacos, that's what it is. They're replacing th different types of tacos with a candidate to try and explain what a caucus is. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and play it for y'all to understand. ¿Qué onda, mis compañeros? February is upon us, which means we have four major elections happening this month to decide the Democratic nominee for President of the United States. There's the Iowa caucuses on February 3rd, the New Hampshire primary on February 11th, the Nevada Democratic caucuses on February 22nd, and the South Carolina Democratic primary on February 29th. Wait, Norb, hold on. You keep saying primary and caucus. What's the difference? So a primary is a system that most of the country is used to. You go into a polling booth, you choose a candidate with a secret ballot, you get your I voted sticker, and then you leave. And then there are caucuses. To explain how a caucus works, we have to go to a little magical place called Iowa. Because the Iowa caucus is the first vote of the presidential primary process, many believe that it signals the strength or weakness of a candidate's campaign. Seven out of nine candidates who have won the Iowa caucuses have gone on to win the party nomination. So it's kind of a big deal. Republicans and Democrats have their own way of running a caucus. So for the purposes of this video, we're going to be talking specifically about the Democratic caucus, because this year, it's the only one that's competitive. And the candidates will be replaced by tacos. Because, why not? The Iowa caucuses are held in public spaces across the state's 1,681 precincts. Voters will hear pitches from supporters of each candidate before the caucusing begins. In this case, we have supporters for tacos asada, tacos al pastor, and hard shell tacos. After the supporters address the crowd, the caucusing begins. The crowd breaks into groups based on the candidate of their choice. People literally walk toward their favorite candidate and stand there. Those who are undecided stand in a designated area for people who are undecided. After this first round of caucusing, everyone is tallied up. If a candidate has a group that is less than 15% of attendance, they have 30 minutes to gather up some more people to stand with them. If, after 30 minutes, they still haven't passed the 15% viability threshold, they are considered not viable and removed. After that, their supporters can then caucus for any of the remaining candidates. After unviable candidates are eliminated, the process begins again. And that candidate's leftover supporters and any undecided voters must then choose one of the remaining candidates. And this is when things start to turn a little chaotic. I know you love tacos asada, so come on here and join us. Tacos al pastor have pineapple, which makes them sweet and savory. Tacos asada are not only delicious, but it's the safe choice. Do you want to be safe or do you want to be bold? Tacos asada. Tacos al pastor. Asada. Al pastor. You know what? After giving it much thought, I'm going to go with tacos al pastor. This part of the process is very time-consuming, but voters have to stay until the very end of the night, because if you happen to leave early, your vote doesn't count. Once that precinct is done with their caucus, they report their numbers to the state level, and through math, they decide how many delegates get assigned to each candidate. Question, why does Iowa get to go first? Iowa has been first since 1972. The Democratic Party wanted to make the process more inclusive, so they decided to spread out the presidential nominating schedule in each state. Because Iowa has a more complex nomination process, it had to start early. Therefore, it goes first. Well, I'm so glad Iowa is represented with the entire country. Yeah, about that. It's not. What? Iowa is 90% white. That's a lot of white people. So where are the Latinos? Latinos only make up 6.2% of the population, despite being the second largest voting bloc in the entire country. And how about black people? Black people make up 3.8% of the population. 
That's a lot of power for a state that's not representative of the country, like even a little. After the Iowa caucus, there's the New Hampshire primary, another state that's predominantly white. And it's only until we get to the Nevada caucus that we start seeing Latinos and people of color at the polls. But by that time, our options for candidates may be limited if they decide to drop out after losing in Iowa and New Hampshire. That sucks. And that's exactly what a caucus and a primary is. Brought to you by our friends at Voto Latino. And yes, just like in the video said, that does suck. Uh, it sucks that these people, uh, these states, uh, both Iowa and New Hampshire, get to decide which candidates are more viable for the country when Iowa and New Hampshire no longer uh, are representative of what the country looks like, which is one of the things that Julian Castro was trying to fight against uh, and saying that uh, since 1972, uh, caucuses caucuses and primaries have not changed and the the country looks very different than it looked in the 70s i mean my mom came here in the 70s and now i'm a whole ass man now so um, he's been trying to uh make a change and trying to really push uh for our uh, government to change the caucus to find a state that's more representative of the country uh, so, yeah, I mean, the only thing that we can do at this point is hope that Iowa and New Hampshire give us someone that's viable for the actual country and not just for their 90 percent uh, white state that they live in. Uh, if you have any other questions, feel free to hit me up on any of my social medias at It's Just a Talk. And I would love to talk some politics with you, just like I did with my boss when I explained to her. What a caucus is. Uh, we're going to go ahead and move on to our next segment of the podcast, our POC and Queer Excellence of the Week. I'll see you there. Yeah. All right. Welcome back to our next segment of the podcast, our POC and Queer Excellence of the Week. In this segment, we talk about people who are people of color and have just done some badass shit and are chingones, chingonas, chingonets, or are queer excellence, just queer people who have just done their shit this week. We're going to start off with the Grammys happened a week before the Super Bowl, right? Uh, actually, the same day that Kobe Bryant passed away. Um, and a lot of people did tributes for him and for Nitsi Paso, which I have an issue with, but we'll talk about that later. Um, but one of the people that stood out was Tyler Creator. He took the Grammy for uh, Best Rap uh, Album, I believe. And he was asked how he felt about uh, the term uh, urban album, uh, rap album, around uh, along those terms. And I am giving him this uh, POC of the week uh, uh, segment because of what he said. I'm going to go ahead and have you listen to what he said. I'm half and half on it. Um, on one side, I'm very grateful that uh, what I made could just be you know, uh, acknowledged in a world like this. Um, but also it sucks that whenever we, and I mean, guys that look like me do anything that's genre bending or that's anything, they always put it in a rap or urban category, which is, and I don't like that urban word. It's just a politically correct way to say the N word to me. So when I hear that, I'm just like, why can't we just be in pop? Why can't it just, you know what I mean? So I felt like half of me feels like the, the rap nomination was a backhanded compliment. Like, 
oh, uh, my little cousin wants to play the game. Let's give him an unplugged controller so he could shut up and feel good about it. That That's what it felt like a bit. But another half of me is very grateful that the art that I made could be acknowledged on a level like this when I don't do the radio stuff. I'm not played in Target. I'm in a whole different world than what a lot of people here listen to. So I'm grateful and like, eh. And that explanation of him just saying how the urban category feels like it's another N-word. I was like, yo, like for years, um, people have been saying that like not all black folks fit in the same category. And, and the music that people of color make are not just, um, what's the word? Like, for example, for Latino music, when people who are Latino make Latino music, and it's beyond just the Latino Grammys or the Latino category. And it feels the very same way uh, when, when rappers or uh, when black folks... Uh, do make music that is outside of the norm uh, that they instantly put them in the urban category. Somebody else that uh, took Grammys that night, it took the pop duo group performance of the year and the Grammy for music video of the year was uh, our queer excellence and PLC, sorry, QT PLC, uh, our Little Nas X. The Little Nas X took two Grammys home. He was also nominated for Album of the Year, News, New Artist of the Year, Record of the Year, and Rap Sung Performance of the Year. And he won two. He took two uh, Grammys. But not only that, he showed up in this beautiful pink um, suit. Uh, yo, I was shook. Like, cuando llegó, I was shut. I felt like Billy Porter... Billy Porter also showed up in a beautiful outfit. He showed up in, like, this hat. Que he was covered, and then he pushed, like, a button. Y se le abría lo de enfrente. And I was like, okay, this fashion? Like, okay, I'm I'm here for this fashion. Okay, let's do this. And since we're talking about music, I gotta go back to Shakira and J-Lo. Bitches, y'all know I'm gonna keep talking about Shakira and J-Lo. Shakira and J-Lo are gonna be my POC Queer Athletes of the Week for eons to come. Like, I am still shook it. I've watched it so many times. I felt feel so incredibly proud to be Latino. There is some things that they could have done to encompass Latinidad as a whole, but I'm going to take my win. And by that, I mean that, yes, I can sit here and... and nitpick at how they could have brought Afro-Latinos out, how they could have elevated other um, artists that are not white passing, you know, into the stage uh, besides Bad Bunny and a do-rag. <laughs> I'm not letting that go. And uh, J Balvin, which are great people, but I feel like it was like white Latinidad as a whole. That's what's being celebrated. And, like, it, it's what's palatable for uh, white America. And even then, white America was talking masher. Um, but I, I was so proud of the Latinidad and 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 just the culture and, and the dancing. And uh, to say that I felt so excited to see this uh, is an understatement. Um, and another Latina that killed it at the um, 
at the at the Super Bowl is Demi Lovato. Demi Lovato is has Mexican parents. So was a Mexicana, a Colombiana, and a Puertorriqueña uh, who just killed it. Uh, Demi Lovato killed that national anthem. And even though I would have been sitting right to Beyonce, JC, and Blue Ivy not standing up for the national anthem, I still think that Demi Lovato deserves this um, mention that she killed that shit. Um, if you have not seen any of those, they're all available on YouTube. Go ahead and watch them, uh, as well as all the commercials. Uh, but with that, we're going to move on to our next segment of the podcast, Today in the Country. I'll see you there. Welcome back to our next segment of the podcast, Today in the Country. In this segment of the podcast, we talk about things that are happening in the country um, because there's a lot of shit going on in the country. One of the things that's happening in the country is the end of this impeachment trial in the Senate. So today, uh, senators actually um, did their closing arguments. So... uh, this acquittal for DJT is all but certain. Some Republican senators have begun acknowledging that uh, DJT pressuring the Ukraine for political investigations would, would benefit him politically, that that was inappropriate and even wrong. But the majority of them say that his action, even if they were improper or inappropriate, do not are not a clear implication of him being ejected from office. Uh, the lawyers keep, his lawyers keep urging that we need to leave it to the borders, that it sh- this shouldn't be happening uh, this past Monday or today when this is being recorded. Um... Senators heard from both sides as the managers and President Trump's, I can't believe I said that, and DJT's lawyers deliver closing arguments. The final vote is when the Senate determines whether or not to remove DJT. It's expected to happen on Wednesday. we will come back on Tuesday. Uh, so by the time this comes out, you have already have heard all the final speeches. And by the time this comes out at 4 p.m. on Wednesday, that's when we will hear a final vote alongside with knowing what happened at the Iowa caucuses, as well as knowing what the kind of lies and shit uh, DJT says during his State of the Union on Tuesday uh, at night. So, I mean, the reason why this is important is because if he already has been getting away with so much and him getting away with this just shows not only him, but future presidents that they can basically use the office of the presidency for their own um, benefit and that the Senators and um, Congress people are not going to hold them accountable um, as the founders of the country intended uh, for them to do. Uh, they are very plain through party lines and, and not crossing those lines and, and sticking with the Republican Party or sticking with the Democratic Party, vice versa, uh, regardless of what's wrong uh, and what breaks uh, constitutional law. 
Um, and so it's an issue because uh, future uh, presidents will take this as a prime example of what they can and cannot do. And this is only extending not only the things that future presidents can do uh, during the presidency, but also extending um, what DJT can do during the remaining of his presidency. And God forbid uh, if he gets reelected what he can do uh, with the rest of his uh, net. Uh, I can't even say it. What he can do if he doesn't get reelected. Um, I just have to point this out that the day that uh, the last trial ended um, with his lawyer, uh, that's the day that he made the call with Ukraine and, and was holding this money. So it, if that didn't stop him, that how and then this being as huge as it is is not stopping him. Then is he gonna like? shoot a bomb or something that's that's what i feel like it will happen um and then it's also really scary because the supreme court is now to his side uh most recently the supreme court allowed uh, uh djt to enforce the laws that he uh, put in tried to put in place uh, uh towards poor immigrants so basically these are presidential um laws that he signed that basically say that if a uh, person needs uh, government aid uh, and if they use government aid at any time uh, between the time that they apply for uh, residency and the and the time that they get or do not get approved, they automatically get uh, not approved because they use government aid, um, which literally um, is basically saying if you're poor you can't come to our country you have to have money um so i mean that just means that we have to change what it says in the statue of liberty in the statue of liberty i'm pretty says pretty sure it says uh give us your tire give us your poor uh now it's gonna say give us your tire and make sure they have money <laughs> so yeah uh, and with that uh, we're gonna move on to our next statement of the of the podcast Hoy en el mundo. I'll see you there. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to our next segment of the podcast, Hoy en el mundo. Because there's more things happening in the world aside from the shit that's happening in this country and one of the things that's happening in the world and and slowly affecting this country is this new virus uh the coronavirus and no the coronavirus you cannot get it by drinking coronas you can still drink your coronitas with them with the margaritas you're fine uh, coronavirus is basically a new strand of the flu virus that has been um that started in China. Basically, it's a brand new strand that the people to the CDC and, and doctors have not seen before. And it has been affecting people, lots of people. So far, there's about 20,000 cases around the world of people who have the coronavirus. And there's about 425 deaths as thus far which is insane because the number keeps going up. And here in the United States, people are starting 
to get infected. Uh, this is don't freak out. Everybody's running around freaking out. This is not like Resident Evil. We're not going to turn into zombies. This is not like a touch thing or anything. Uh, it's just like any other flu. And that's how you can protect yourself. Uh, and that's by constantly washing your hands, uh, sneezing into your elbows, not into your hands. Uh, if you see someone that's sneezing a lot or, um, you know, tiene mocos, uh, you know, try to stay away from them, uh, protect yourself. If you want to go as far as to wearing a, a face mask, that is that 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 is a protection. But it's the most important protection is washing your hands, and if as constantly, and if you're not washing your hands constantly, always being sure that you're not touching your mouth, in your eyes, uh, or your nose, places that can uh, that you can put bacteria from your hands into your body that they can then can catch the virus. Um, there is some speculation that the coronavirus uh, came from bats. Uh, that's not clear whether a bat bit somebody and gave them the coronavirus or if somebody ate uh, bat meat uh, and got the coronavirus. Uh, so please stay alert um, to uh, what's happening, but also don't freak out uh, and think that if you get it, uh, you are going to die. Like I said, there's a total of 20,438 uh, cases um, so far that have been recorded and only 425 deaths. So that's about, that's like not, let me make the math, 428 deaths, 25 I mean, 425 deaths. I want to see the percentage of people who contracted that die. So 20,438 have contracted it. So that's less than 0.2% of people who have contracted the coronavirus have actually died. And so uh, more people die from the regular flu yearly. So I really want people to stop freaking out. And the only reason why I say this is because my mom has been calling me nonstop, llamándome like, mijo, estoy bien preocupado que te vas a morir porque el corona. And I'm like, mom, you need to chill. Like, look, you need to stop letting Telemundo and Univision guide your life. Like, we're not going to die. We're going to be A-OK. -okay. Uh, um, moving from China, moving to Brazil, uh, heavy rain has recently caused lots and lots of floods happening in Brazil. And this have caused the ghettos or the favelas in Brazil to be affected by landslides. And lots of people have been dying uh, because of the severe rain that is happening in Brazil. So prayers to Brazil and to the world with this coronavirus. Um, but in that case, I'm going to go have a corona uh, mañana o el miércoles. Mañana con tacos porque es... Martes. Ustedes van a escuchar esto el miércoles. Y'all gonna hear it on Wednesday. So we can go get some wings and some coronas. But with that, we're gonna, you know, I we talk some tea. We talk some truth. Pero mijos y mijas, el tiempo ha llegado. We're about to talk some shit. So I'll see you there.
right, all right, all right. Welcome back to my favorite part of the podcast where you get to talk some shit. Porque la cosa que yo sé hacer mejor es hablar mierda. So let's talk some shit. First off, in the list, she's been on our POC and Queer Talents of the Week for a couple times. Pero now, mi señorita Lizzo, you are on my shit list. On her most recent uh, Rolling Stone covers and uh, shoot that she did, she actually... ¿Cómo le pongo? She basically appropriated different cultures. She appropriated Thai culture, culture from Laos, culture from India. And most importantly to me, porque a mí me enojó mucho, is this bitch on the cover se puso como que fuera la virgencita de Guadalupe. Look, I'm not like at all religious ni nada, pero... Who, this is why we have to hire more photographers of color so that we know what it means to appropriate somebody else's culture. And a lot of people are saying, oh, she cannot be appropriating culture porque es more, it, she's black. And I was like, no, that make that. No, fuck that shit. Like people of color can still appropriate other people's culture. And I that goes for Latinos too. When I see you with your little cornrows and shit. Yes, that is still appropriation. The biggest people that do it are usually white people, the ones that are appropriating people of color's culture. Pero también lo podemos, lo podemos hacer entre nosotros. We could do it between each other as well. So, Lizzo, girl, I thought you could you knew better. Pero apparently, no. You don't know. You don't know. No, ella no sabe. La otra persona que no sabía, según ella, this reporter, Alison Morris, who the day that Kobe Bryant died, uh, was reporting, and she dared to s use the N-word when she was referring to Kobe Bryant. And not like Kobe Bryant is an N-word. She said she, she was uh, something along the words, along the lines of, oh, Kobe Bryant was in the Los Angeles. And instead of saying the Los Angeles Lakers, she said the Los Angeles N-words. And she did not just say you know, the short N-word. She said the whole ass N-word with the long R. Y se la salió de la boca bien bonito. Like, she said it like if she, she knew it, she, like if she knew exactly what she was doing. Like, she has said it plenty of times. The way that she said it was like natural. Like the way that like, Shaka Khan is a natural woman. A ella le salió así. Like the N-word como naturalmente. So to Miss um, Alice and Morris, I hope you get fired, girl. Because some shit like that, especially when somebody dies, girl, really... Fuck you, Miss Allison Morris. Another one big fuck you is to uh, Matt Albans, who now runs ICE, or the Immigration Board for DJT, who openly announced, uh, in, in otras palabras, in other words, in a press conference, he basically said that when he said it very confidently, when DACA gets rescinded, we're going to start with the removal of the recipients that need to be removed. Uh, and we're going to get to it right away to make sure that they go back to their countries. Like, el plan is set. Like, the plan is set. Like, they have enough people in the Supreme Court. Like, this is scary because I know a bunch of people that uh, are DACA, that I care and love, and they have been here since they were, bef like, a couple months old, a couple years old, and don't know anything else but this country. And for them to be sent to a country que no conoce nada, like, it's scary. It's scary because, like, 
I have family member. My most recently, I lost um, one of my cousins who was killed in TJ um, after he got deported. So my cousin had been here for for years. I grew up with him. Uh, and about a couple of years ago, he got deported. Uh, he didn't have DACA or anything. And instead of sending him back to like where he was born, they sent him literally over the border in Tijuana. And he stayed there. And a couple weeks ago, uh, in December, in November, he got shot and killed in Tijuana. And we lost him. And if he would have been allowed to stay here in the place where he was born and raised, uh, we would still have him. Um, so it scares me. It, it truly, truly scares me. Uh, but nothing scares me more than white people telling their stories. And with that, I'm going to say a big fuck you to American Dirt uh, and to Oprah. I never thought I would say fuck you, Oprah, but I'm doing it. And and not her necessarily, but but her for endorsing this book, American Dirt, um, which is a book about a Mexican immigration story um, written by a white woman who's one-fourth Puerto Rican. I'm sorry, girl. That don't count. <laughs> it, you can write a Puerto Rican story, but don't come over here and be writing a Mexican immigration story because you don't know what's happening. And this exposed an even bigger issue uh, in the publishing world, how publishers and the publishing world uh, don't want stories from the source. They don't want authentic stories from Latinos and Latinas and, and queer artists. They want these stories from palatable white people telling our stories. And and we're done. Like, I'm done hearing stories from white people uh, that don't belong to them. And I think that you at home should be done with that too. Um, there is no finalist bonus wings today. Les quise dar un a small... Uh, episode this week. Uh, once again, uh, thank you so much for listening. This, If you want to follow me, if you have any questions, go ahead and follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, y todo lo demás at It's Just a Talk. And if you have some longer questions for me, go ahead and send them to me at It's Just a Talk. No, no, no. It's podcast.itsjustatalk at gmail.com. Miren, I am so happy that I am here. I'm alive. I recently had a really horrible health scare. Um, didn't tell a lot of people, but uh, it was really, really scary. Uh, I cried uh, a couple nights thinking that uh, something bad was going to happen. Uh, the doctor said it could be something as bad as like kidney failure or uh, maybe even blood cancer. And I was terrified. I was uh, absolutely terrified that I was going to be a uh, 31 year old uh, with, you know, and dead. Uh, gracias a Dios, todo salió bien. I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. Still queer. I'm vivito y coleando. And so I'm so happy to uh, be coming to you and, and continue to, to um, you know, give you this outlet of mine. And to all of you that continue to listen, I love you. I appreciate you. Once again, my name is Mauricio Amaral Vasquez. And I am everything I am because the hood loved me. Good night. Bye.
body. So you're...